Hi, my name is Sean Chaler. That's my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter fame. And this week we're doing a breakdown where we're going to drastically overthink the 150 seconds of trailer or whatever that we got uh, last week. And we're going to spend about eight times as much time uh, talking about our favorite and least favorite things in that trailer as it actually takes for that trailer to exist. And it was great. We really enjoyed it last week. We live reacted to it. So go check that out if you haven't yet. You'll probably get a good grasp for our initial feelings. But today, just formally going to put, uh, more formally, going to put our thoughts our thoughts down in order on favorite and least favorite things. Chris, did I miss anything? Nope. That is the gist of it. Uh, so I have five favorite things. Okay. You cool. have only three favorite things. This really isn't indicative of like our liking of the trailer. It just matters what things stood out to us. So I figured I could do my like five and four first, and then you can pick up three and go from there. And then similar thoughts with our negatives. I have two negatives or two. I want to say negatives, just two things that could be a cause of concern. Yeah, one, one and a half of my quote-unquote negatives are not even concerns with the show, just like things that I didn't like about the trailer, which is probably not even a worthwhile no. venue. But that just means I didn't have a lot of bad things to say about it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Chris, that makes sense. Why don't you hit us with your with your five and your four on your... Wait, you know what? Uh, Chris, hi, how are you? You're doing great. Same as last week, right? No, no, listen, I just got to say that by now, there's a realistic possibility that KU is 8-2. and two. A real possibility that at this time in, in our life, uh, in the in the year 2023, that KU is 8-2. Is and that'd be really cool. That's all I got to say. I'm sure other things that are exciting happened this week, but we're recording this last week. and um... I think I would get more into college football if there was a better playoff system. I agree entirely. I don't... People use bad logic to rationalize bigger playoff systems, and I think the logic is bad, but I'm okay with the real logic. It's just that it's fun to watch, and it makes more money. Like, they don't have to say anything other than that. I'm on board right here. You don't have to be like, well, it's more fair to such... No, statistically, it's not. Statistically... The degree of separation between one and two is smaller than between two and three and three and four. And so, like, or, or sorry, it's bigger. Wait, how do I word that? I had it all figured out one time. Your best odds of getting the best two teams in the championship and the best two teams rewarded is just to have the top two teams play each other. I don't care. But, but why are they the top? But why are they the top two teams? It seems so arbitrary to me. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, college is a weird thing to do that. So yeah, know, you know right? what? let's let's play. There's I forget what, there's a name for the statistic, but it's like, but but the the more the the more teams that you involve in it, right? So if you go to like sixteen teams, instead of feeling like oh well, there was two really good teams and the third team kind of got snubbed, there's a realistic chance if you get to sixteen teams that the degree of separation between sixteen and seventeen is like nothing. Right, so it's going to get more mm. arbitrary as you expand it on that cutoff. I don't care. Yeah, I like it when right. I when there's football on TV, <laughs> so I don't care. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, go. I, anytime I see these like other bowl games, I'm like, what are you guys celebrating? Nothing. Like, and, congratulations, and, you came in, you won an exhibition game, and a lot of them and, aren't uh, even that well attended. 
because it's in a third town that's unrelated to either of the teams. So they're not even like good ticket sellers. So I, yeah, anyway, but uh, yeah, just don't come at me with that logic about snubs because it's false. 17's got way more right to be mad that they're not 16 than three has that it's not two, statistically speaking. Anyway, go okay. KU. Chiefs are on buy or go Chiefs, I guess, if you're into, into that stuff too. Chiefs got to buy this week. But, uh, yeah, Chris, let's let's do breakdown. Hit me with your five and four. Oh, first, not even an opera mention, but something I noticed because I've watched this trailer probably six times. Just <laughs> this one of us, and a lot of that was in the minutes. Yes, in the past twenty minutes, exactly. Um, I did notice. Got our first image of Alatar Yang Chin. Yeah, I didn't see it, but I saw it. It was <laughs> Mizuko. Is pinning that picture of Aang up right to the right of it is a picture of Altar Yang Chen. I think I only noticed that because I was watching on my TV. My TV is big enough that I could see it. I might not have seen it on my phone. That's but, awesome. Yeah. I didn't notice it and I had it on my TV. That's great. Yeah. And I'm and I'm thinking he had a uh, some type of image of Altar Yang Chen because this is probably before he knew what the Altar looked like. He's just like, well, this is the last air one. Maybe it might look like this person. And then when he finally gets a picture, a good thought of Aang, like finally this. Like he almost has like a murder wall. <laughs> of... <laughs> He's like a, the the opposite of a detective solving crimes. He's picking people to murder. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't a child, a teenage <laughs> child prince have a murder wall? All right. Uh, my number five. Going with five favorite things so far. Talked about this before. The actress for Katara, she's, I think she's going to just knock it out of the park. I think she looks great. She's doing a, a really great job. I think uh, out of all the actors, she's the one that I think is, um, uh, so far, in this very limited capacity, I think doing the most. Doing the most. The Zuko actor, also really great. I think uh, so far I've got a lot of good stuff from that. Um, and, and, and this is only me taking, not even from their their appearances and stuff, but just from what type of visual acting are they doing? What type of things are they um, uh, showcasing and and uh, com- uh, conveying with their looks? So, Tara, number five favorite thing from the trailer. Number four, the Agni Kai. This is going to be really interesting to see what they do, what little nuances they add to the Agni Kai. Because before they left it up kind of to your own imagination, which can be a great thing. And funny, there was a recent like kind of debate amongst Avatar fans. is like, what type of attack did Ozai use against Zuko to scar his face? Some Avatar fans think it was like a hand firepalm thing that he pressed Zuko's eye. And me, along with other people, think it was just a simple... Fist punch. I just picture fire like a blast whip to the of face. some type. I don't know why. I just picture you are like, picturing a whip. Holy crap! Like I know I haven't heard anyone thinking a whip. That's I interesting. Just, that feels like a kind of cruel, demeaning way. Like a punch is too. There's too much dignity in a punch to the face. I don't think you got that. I feel like like a Balrog fire whip from Ozai, but not in this one. Not oh, not yeah. in the live action. 
a weapon. I, that is that is a that's a in, another interesting. It doesn't have to be good take. It's just how my brain the, pictures the, it. Uh, the reason why I know people think it's a fist is like one thing when Zuko's in Anakai with Zhao. Oh, we didn't see Zhao in this one, which is good. Didn't need to see Zhao. Yeah, we don't need that um, guy. When Zuko's in Anakai against Zhao, he does a fire fist almost like because it's you know to me that's the type of attack you do when you want to scar someone because Zhao will say like fine hit me and before that they're talking about. Zuko saying he will give him a scar also to, to match his. And so I would think that Zuko would do the same attack, or start to do the same attack that his father would do, so I think it would be a fist. Um, and also, firebenders don't typically use, like, an open palm hand to firebend. You don't see that that often. Usually it is a fist, although Zula does, like, finger, two fingers. Um, only time I've ever seen them do a palm, which may lend, lend credence to uh, open palm, it's when it's like a death blow. Like there's one point where Azula's like holding Aang and she holds up like a thing of fire and like says so she's about to hit him. And then Ozai, when he's about to hurt Aang, kill Aang again, he does like this seed of fire thing and he holds it like this also. Uh, Aang catching L's all the time, man. Come on. Who's that? Uh, I'm kidding. Um, that, that, that scrub. Uh, Chris, that's all good logic and, and that's, that's a great answer. Uh, just all that my my head pictured is the way that Ozai treats Zuko is that he would have been almost, not dismissive is the wrong word, but like, look like how simple and easy I'm just going to dispose of you. And I just picture like an open hand, like a sweep, and just like a like a long, just a snap of a whip out of an open palm. Yeah. Just hit him in the face and like, you're, you know, you're pathetic, you're banished, get out of here. Like a dismissive psh, from a distance. I don't know how to describe yeah. it, but that's how my head pictures it. But your answer a makes is, way more logical sense. A whip will be the worst. Some people think like Ozai pressed his hand on Zuko and burnt it. That's but way more. Whip, that's that's like thoughtful of Ozai. He would have just been like a punch is way more reasonable than like. Mm. But even to, I just think a punch. That's a lot of dignity and respect to show your son that you don't like by punching him in the face, thinking that he merits a punch like that. I don't, but anyway, uh, Chris, that's a great. Wait, was that your number four? Agni that was my number four. Agni Kai. I, I'm really excited to see how this Agni Kai goes. Um, and this would be a good way for them to diverge a little bit from the show. Show hmm? uh, more nuance on, on what happened there. That's a good segue for my number three. You mind if I jump in with my three? Jump in. My number three is I liked all the bending that I saw. Uh, I liked we saw mm-hmm. a little little bit of like an airbending blast, presumably an airbending blast. That was a uh, good airbending blast. You're right. I didn't, good, yeah, I didn't. Good fire kick. That looked really good. So it's not like we saw a ton of it, but uh, uh, what we saw. Water's going to be the hardest thing. They water's didn't show water. The hardest, yeah. yeah, water's yeah. always the hardest. Uh, you know, it's got better, but. Yeah. Um, the water reflects and it changes with lighting. And stuff. Fire just like there's a fire. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, well, fire water, water, say, fire is probably easy. Like CGI fire is probably like one of the top uses for CGI, like setting stuff on fire in movies. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, so yeah, I liked all of the bending. That you don't really see rock uh, or earth bending, but we didn't see like a gate move up, and maybe I'm. Yes. Some... Yeah. So well, I liked all the bending that I saw. All of it looked. You cool. know what'd be funny. If the first bending we saw, just for them making a joke, would be five people lifting a a, a boulder. 
That'd be amazing. That would... And they're all working really hard at it. It's yeah. just like a regular size holder. And then Toph comes in just like... That'd be amazing. Big elaborate scene of them trying to lift a boulder and toss like, what are you doing? God, that'd be awesome. That's my number three. Bending. Oh, I mean, we'll, we'll see you like Bending before we see Toph. So. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay. I hope they do what you just my number. My number three is... The Airbender Genocide. So, in the first uh, couple, ten seconds of the trailer, we see some type of air temple, and we see it at night, Fire Nation throwing fireballs at it. And if you slow it down, there's air, you see air nomads fighting against Fire Nation people. So, that would be interesting. That would lead a whole new... That could start, possibly... A whole new um, lore See, or different chapter lore or oh yeah I see okay. yeah like like how did how did the air nomads in my head the air nomads didn't do that much fighting back although um, Gyatso definitely did some type of fighting back there were dead bodies near him yeah he crisped so anyway it just so it'll be interesting to see just what. Um, how airbenders fight for survival. Also, Chris, those bodies, a lot of those bodies that we see in the in the animated series are intact. So like did you know, did he did he steal all their breath? Did he airbend all their breath out of their bodies? Like cuz bo- the bodies are still intact, the ones that we see. It, it wasn't like mm-hmm. it didn't look like a um like an explosive type of dead bodies, you know. They just I don't oh. know. maybe we'll see. Uh, I didn't think of that, Chris. That's a great one. Uh, I don't even know if I my brain comprehended the impact that scene had. I'm not going to change my three, but I'll say that I would happily put that in. That's great, a great moment. Uh, my number two is, and I have to put a little asterisk by it because you you mentioned it makes sense. But the score, just hearing the score, but fleshed out, right? And the fact that it's fleshed out, I'm gonna hope that they didn't do that just for the trailer, but for the whole thing. But hearing the score just had me. Uh, had had my heart go like even if my eyes didn't want to like what they were seeing, my ears would have would have overrode that, just based on what they were hearing. It's so good to hear that, but even fuller and bigger than before. Yeah, that's my number two. Definitely, my number two is the visuals, and to me, this is one of the reasons why you do a live action adaption to see something that you've seen before. See it in a new light. That's also why I forgot to mention that previous episode. Why I want to see a live action adaptation of Zelda. Like some people are like, oh, just make an animated. I'm like, I've seen beautiful animated Zelda before. I want to see something different. Um, and that first visual that completely blew me away was the iceberg. Just a great, great visual of that. And we gotta remember this is on a TV show. Um, and the interesting thing is the M Knight's iceberg is actually a good iceberg too. Like this is a, it was a, a well M Knight's a, a very great the director at Visual. times. He can yeah. he can be a really good visual. Like his cinematography is really good pretty often. Um, but that was blew that out the park. Um, also, when we see Bossing say uh, not Bossing say I'm sorry. Uh, when we see Omashu, it had been Omashu, just the way the, like, you could see the, 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 the verticality of it. Yes. 
yeah. You can see how the city just looks like it just rises. Um, and also you can see the shoots and stuff, the mailing system. Uh, oh, man, we'll be seeing, you know, pictures of Boomy here pretty soon, I would think. Um, we can so that'll be really that. interesting. Uh, Chris, um, oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm saying visuals, I think, look really good, especially the, you know, specific kind of landscape visuals. Those things really stood out to me. Uh, Chris, that's exactly my number one. Everything that you said, uh, the scene with the with the burnt down forest, uh, even some of the scenes uh, where uh, I already forgot what episode you said it was, but where the the Earth Kingdom city is kind of burning down in the background, like anything where we we got like a wider shot of a scene, mm-hmm. all of those, every single one of those looked great, and that's the thing that my brain took away the most is like. That's not going to change from the trailer to this. Like, I'm going to see that in the TV show, and I'm going to see more of that in the TV show. And, like, even bad storytelling can't take that away from me. Like, even if the story doesn't work out how my brain wants it to, uh, can't take that away. It looks... Those scenes looked great. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, My number one, which is interesting. Our top two are the same, which I think is good. Because my, my number one is the music. Jeremy Zuckerman's score is was one of my favorite scores. It there's something I know that like your sense of smell is a close thing tied to is, a, is your sense close more closely tied to like memories and stuff. Hearing must be second or something. It's got to be close. When you hear, this? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know who's doing these measurements and stuff. Your but, or. <laughs> Your brain forgets how things look, and you kind of construe images on there. It's but like I feel like your memory True. doesn't really forget how things sound. That is that's a good point because one thing, eyewitnesses are often not good witnesses because they don't. Your brain can can change what you saw. Peripher- also, like, peripherals oh, no, are horrible. Them. Like peripherals are literal colorblind, uh, right? And people might like. I, th- I think anybody who passed grade school in the past 20 years probably does know that. But, like, your peripherals have no color sensitivity. It's your brain filling in gaps to the best of its ability. It's worthless. Morning, but, music. Uh, uh, but, point, Jeremy Zuckerman's score, when I hear that score, and I hear with a little bit more, I can tell there's more money in it. <laughs> I can hear a little bit more instrumentality, whatever. I know... Um, the Theo has a better uh, word for that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and when I hear there's something that emotionally resonates with me, and that and it, it tied really well with the trailer, also because it did it. It was a it's a really well made trailer. To be honest, this is probably the most hyped trailer I've seen. Hmm. Wow, I must really like this trailer. Um, I can't think. But anyway, um, but the music was was done really well into this. I remember when I first saw the trailer, the teaser trailer to The Last Airbender, I was really excited. I was really hyped. Like, I was hyped for that movie until it came out. And I was trying to trick myself into thinking it was a good movie. I was like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Like my first, like my second day after after watching it. Um, but I remember watching that trailer. I remember exactly where I was at. I was working at an internship at a at a bank, and I watched it on the on the thing. I was really hyped for it. And I remember when the music kicks in, 
there's no like there's a scene, you know, the scene is Aang is in a temple and he's blowing out candles with his airbending. Actually, it's really cool, but you can tell it's just a scene just to give you a, a taste of the world. He ends it, and then all these ships and stuff are throwing fireballs at him. And it's like, first you see one ship, then you see a, a horde of an armada of ships. And then the music kicks in, the, mu- the music is like, dun, 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 dun. It's like, okay, that's fine with music. But that music didn't resonate with me. But the music here, I am resonating. It is, it is, got me in the, in the avatar feels. I have what I feel is a fantastic analogy is that like it for me it was like a piece of video game music that I really like. So I'm gonna use Legend of Zelda just because we've been talking about that, but there's plenty of examples where you your brain knows the video game music just by heart. Mm-hmm. You just as soon as you hear it you know what it is. But then as you're listening like a second later you're like, Oh no, this is like the orchestral version that they're performing. Orchestral! That might have been the word I was looking for. They, but like, it, like it's full and big and it's like it's real now, right? And so it's not that Jeremy Zuckerman's music wasn't real before, but it's like, holy smokes, they like, they filled it in. They completed it. And it's like Mm. the first time that I remember hearing, uh, like, uh, when The Legend of Zelda, they have that like orchestra show that came through Mm -hmm. Kansas City and we didn't go to it, but I listened to it. And it's like, holy smokes, that's amazing! It's still just this simple kind of crisp video game music. Yeah. But now it's awesome. But your brain still just immediately loves it. So that's what it reminded me of. Speaking of Zelda, this might be a good comparison. So years ago, years ago, I think it was IGN on April Fool's Day. Did a teaser trailer for the Legend of Zelda. Have you seen that, Sean? It's a fake trailer. I don't think for so. Zelda. Oh, you should, you should watch it. It's a pretty well-made trailer. Um. So in the end, they play. It's, you know, it's a really good trailer and stuff. I thought it was a, it was a really good trailer for the time. Um. Yeah, you should definitely give it a watch after this. Uh, but the end there, they're on like a ranch, and Link has a horse, and he pawns a song plays. It's just it's the. Well, well, not that one. It's like whatever the also, ranch Discord song is, is. Discord is trying to filter out your hums because it's not like people singing. So Discord's trying That's to fine. like cut it. I know. Thanks for trying, Discord. It's kind of and and that is that is other proof that music. And I enjoy it that. Your hopes and when up. I saw it, oh yeah, music does definitely play a part. In you that. you got when you heard that music that made it feel real that made that trailer feel like a plausible thing that needed to happen uh chris there's a few scores which this is a whole different episode but i'm just thinking of like there's there's a few scores that just that get me amped up like nobody else like nothing else right hearing this avatar the last airbender especially this version this fleshed out version as soon as I hear like the first three chords of the Power Rangers theme song, we've talked about my love of the Power Rangers theme. When you hear like the first three chords of that, and immediately your brain just like yes, and, and uh, I'm sure absolutely the, sure the yeah. Batman scores got to fit in there somewhere. Uh, well, let's, yep. we should do an episode on that. Just a favorite mm-hmm. favorite music. Yeah, uh, the the intro to which is based a little slightly off of uh, Danny Elfman's score of Batman '89, but the intro to Batman the Animated Series. That's been my alarm and my phone phone ringtone 
for I want to say 15 years since I had a, since I could since smartphones were smarter that I could download a snippet and put it as my thing. Yeah, I love it so much. Um, but yeah, that would that and Avatar and hmm, what else? Oh, the Dark Knight trilogy, which is Batman. I love I love that music in it. Uh, Chris, the the when. When Kaiba plays, uh, not Kaiba. When Pegasus plays Toon World, and there's like an oddly rockish song that plays when he plays the Toon World card, and the monster pops out of it. I don't know if you remember that, what it is, but go YouTube that. That's another one that as soon as I hear it, I'm like, oh, Yu-Gi-Oh's on. Yeah, just uh, do you know what I'm talking about when he plays Toon World and the song that plays? As soon as you hear it, it'll it'll trigger memories. Go listen to that when we're done. Yeah. Yeah, listen, coming up next week, favorite music scores. That's not true. We may or may not do anything next week. We'll see. <laughs> Chris, great list. Great five takeaways from from the trailer. Let's do let's do some bad stuff. How many bad things did you come away with? I have two bad things. I'm gonna lead with my number three then because my number three is barely a thing. It's not even something that's indicative okay. of the show. It's just something that hit my eyeballs wrong in the trailer. And that's the little scene where we saw we saw uh, the Kyoshi Warriors. We saw Suki presumably walking across the screen, right? That's so so exciting, so hype. She looks great. She's walking across the screen. The scene looked great. But then the next scene, they stepped in this like one little dojo move, and there was like an awkwardly long pause, and it was like a weird camera angle looking down into a small room. I, so that wasn't on my list, but I agree with you. That, that stuck out kind of like a sore thumb. Like, why does this... Section. Not work. It didn't feel right. And then it's the next a... scene right after that was presumably against Suko, uh, Suki and Sokka. And there's just something about those yeah. two back to back. And neither one of them, it's like they stuffed those in last minute. Like, we need more Kyoshi words. No, just seeing Suki walk across the screen being awesome was enough Kyoshi. Was, yes. The Suki shot was striking. Awesome. One thing that makeup, the makeup alone is a striking look. And so it's a great image. I, I posted on the image at one point. And then yeah, it when they're in the dojo area, that scene it's a I'm, weird it's angle. Just a weird angle. It's like and, a security camera in a girls' dojo, which is a weird thought process to work through. It definitely I didn't have it on my list for some because I couldn't It just isn't just it's, it was, it's not yeah. indicative of something that's probably gonna be Nate. Like it's not it's not even a complaint with anything about it. So it's just strictly the trailer that it didn't fit quite right but that's my number yeah. three for whatever it, that's it, made me a, it does make me a little worried that they took the best absolute like i just hope that that's not indicative of like the how average. like normal yes how normal shots are in the show and what they showed us were like these were the best absolute best shots in the show Maybe, uh, you know, we can't. I'd probably best not to get too high or too low mm-hmm. off that one, off that one bit. But it was a weird. It's yeah, a weird yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to do your number two? Or you want me to go to my number two? Okay, uh, I'll go with my number two. Sure. Because uh, speaking of my number two is Sokka. I'm still not sold on on him quite he yet, and nothing from man. that. He looks old. Made me sew it on it. He looks like my dad, not my dad specifically, but like a generic, like like a young dad. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like everyone else. I don't know what, it, but everyone else I think is is uh, killing it. Really, 
but for some reason, I look at Sokka, I just haven't gotten it yet. Like, I just... It just hasn't clicked for me. He he kind of looks like a uh, like the YouTube fan film version of Sokka. Like, this is as close mm. as we can find. It, yeah, like a 28-year-old who, like, is in the Avatar, and this is, like, a good, like, just a good experience for him just to get on some type of set, even though it's just a fan of film set. It's like, it's what we got to work with. Yeah, not against fan-made films. But... No, well... We we encourage that kind of creativity, and if you only have twenty eight year old Sokka to work with, like, hey, you got to work within your within your resources. Um, I'm gonna piggyback yeah. off that, Chris. Mine is not Sokka specifically, but just I'm gonna lump it all together and say several very minor character things, right? So like, Sokka looks a hair old. The age difference between Katara and Aang was a little, and listen, I'm saying a lot of things, but I, all very minor. None of them bother me that much, but like, yeah, slight bit of age difference. We only saw clean costumes. We didn't see any like dirty, gritty post-fight costumes up close, really, or at least I didn't pause close enough. So like, you know, when they're traveling and stuff, like nobody looks that good when you're traveling outdoors on a flying bison, right? So like, let's see some dirty. So just multiple minor character things. Uh, Azula's actress looking almost like too too cute to be Azula where I always picture her more angular very minor character contrivances but but a few of them <clears throat> not contrivances okay. that's wrong that's the wrong word you know what I'm trying to say sure uh okay my num this isn't this isn't like my number one thing it's just I, these weren't in any order uh but yeah, you know what my number one quote, thing is anyway. The, <laughs> the quote that, that was that I believe it was Ira that was spoke that was speaking. I mean, I get that sometimes Ira's wisdom is a little uh, vague. Nebulous. Yeah, uh, but this I don't know this, what he's saying here. He says one thing: I love Ira's wisdom. Um, we quote I have, frequently on this show. <laughs> I have quoted Iroh in professional meetings at work. <laughs> like a grown big so, person job. He doesn't work at Blockbuster. <laughs> you know, like he has an office job with people. Um, the quote is time. Time is a funny thing. The past, the future, it all gets mixed up. There's only one way to keep it together. No, I'm sorry. There's only one way to keep it straight. Always remember who you are. So that might, in that last part, might just be a separate quote that they just put in there. Because people, trailers do that all the time. Mm -hmm. But just this quote is like, I don't know. Like, it sounds more like you, a quote from you, who the, the wine, the vine bender guy who's like, Time is an illusion. And so and so. Well, like, I wrote, to me, this should have been like destiny. Like, destiny is a, like, I've heard Iroh say, destiny is a funny thing. Like, that would have been, I didn't understand, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand. Time is not a big component of the Avatar. Series. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, this, this quote is something that people would say if you had a movie about time travel. Or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or at least isn't... that at least that was heavily rooted in like flashbacks or amnesia yes. or something. You know, like yeah. uh yeah. 
I hadn't thought of that, Chris. I think that's a great point. And I'm going to say that it didn't bother me in the moment. But as soon as, like, I wasn't even listening to him. And that's maybe indicative of, like, normally when Iroh's talking, when we're presuming it's Iroh, like, my ears are glued. But I wasn't. I was watching what's on screen, and I didn't care or remember what he had to say. So that's probably indicative of the quote quality. Well, that's a great catch. But the, the quote would be better if it was Destiny. That's a funny thing. And he could even say the past and the future, it all gets mixed in with your destiny, but remember who you are. Way better right. quote, I think. Chris, phone that in. Let's get Netflix on the call. We get them in live right here. Anybody can join my Discord right now. Um, <laughs> you nailed it. I like yours better already. And that was off the top of your head. Exactly. Give, give me, you know, some money and some actual writers. I feel like I would be if I was in the writing room. I would. I'm just a guy who comes up with like ideas here and there. I don't want to be the one writing the very specific things. But I'll be. I'll hear something. I'll be like, Nah, re redo that. Mm -hmm. Let me. In fact, what if you add to this to it or this to it? I guess I would be an editor. Yeah, that's what a lot of like editors do. Yeah, that'd be good role. Yeah. Good role. Chris, we gotta, I'll do we gotta that sit then. down and write I'll our write our Zeto story so people will take us more seriously. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna spend too much time on my number one because I already did it last week. If you watch, it says "damn animals." They look bad. I hate them. They look like some Jim Henson movie garbage. They they stick out like a sore thumb, and I Jim Henson movie garbage. They, wow, Chris, that's. I said it last time, and I I'm just want to say that I <laughs> keep going. Sorry. I'm not exaggerating when I say that the first thing I thought of when I saw him riding Appa is that it looked like them riding the Luck Dragon in the Never Ending Story in a 40 year old movie. I I hate how the animals look, but that's the end of my. It's just whatever. I I, I hate it, but I always hate it. I'm biased. I never mm -hmm. liked that stuff. Fake animals in live action movies—they just always take me out of my immersion. Sean's alone. I get, I get what you're saying, mm -hmm. and I think the only time animals ever look CJ animals ever look good is in like, Av oh, I even hate bringing this up. Uh, I don't like where this is going, Chris. You sh shut your I, I, mouth. I, I, I was like, they only ever look good in those Pandora movies. That should be called Pandora because Avatar isn't even that you that anyway anyway. Yep, agree. And those uh James Cameron films about blue people. Those those, those, guys those animals get CGI animals right. Yeah. He's probably putting like actual copy things on horses. And watching Maybe them so. do faces. And dollars. We're talking the dollar difference that he's working with in those movies. Yes. Not that Netflix is broke or anything, but I bet that James Cameron's budget. Oh, yeah. Is a little it would steeper. be irresponsible to use that much money <laughs> yeah. to bring these animals. So, listen. I, I really like Momo. I don't like Momo, but I don't like Not Appa like Appa. more. From what, I, from what I can tell. Chris, when they're riding on Appa, it looks like they're sitting on a rug. Like. <laughs> It's a bad rug. I think I don't think that might have been a bad shot. And that shot looks like they are legit sitting. That might have been a weird one because I think they are 
probably legit stand, sitting on something that's supposed to imitate Apple's fur. So maybe in the office, a green screen. the camera, blowing at them sitting on a rug in front of a green screen. And it just, it takes me out of the, out of the immersion. But mm-hmm. listen, but my, because it's something that happens a lot, I will say that my brain is just at least okay with it. Like my brain sees that and it's like, calm down, Sean. It's just how it is. And okay. Got it. What's your number one, Chris? What's your bad? Oh, I only had two. Just soccer and that quote. Oh, that's right. I started, didn't I? Yeah. Oh, hey. Um, we. That's a great sign, first of all, that we had like four and fives and positive things. You picked out different things I hadn't thought of. I appreciate that as always. Um, I'm going to go back and watch it one more time just to... I want to see Yang Chin. I want to listen to the quote. Uh, I'm going to look for other bending. If there's other bending examples I wasn't paying attention to because what I do recall looked great. Uh, so I'll probably watch it one more time before bed. See if I pick anything out. That's all we got for today. Uh, we'll keep you posted on next week. is is Thanksgiving, and I have to travel to beautiful Spearville, Kansas. Uh, which, it's not sarcasm. It's a cute place, but it's a bad trip. So we'll keep you posted on whether or not we record some. In the meantime, let us know what you did and did not like down in the comments. Or leave us whatever form of interaction that you're willing to to share or spare us would be great. Likes, comments, subs, bells, reviews, whatever the other options are. Uh, We really appreciate that. If we don't talk to you before then, happy Thanksgiving. If you celebrate Thanksgiving, and if not, happy Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we will talk to you next time. Take care. That's why I smoke Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I don't smoke. Never smoke that much. I, I like that song. Have we talked about the uh, the Friday movies on this podcast before? I don't think we have ever mentioned the Friday movies. Not at all. Are you a fan? Uh, 